Welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, here we are in in, uh, in the low lit uh, studios of the Rick and Bubba show. And Bubba, I, I tried to make a point to look before we started this podcast. I believe this is podcast forty eight. Wow, that's a lot, Rick. Yeah, yeah. Are so you it, sure? Forty seven or forty eight? Okay, I'm losing a little <laughs> confidence now, but it's it's forty seven, forty eight. Twenty twenty's been a hard year to keep up with it, anything. It really has. And we welcome all of you that uh, are listening to this, or you're watching this, uh, either on our YouTube channel or on Pluto TV, or you're listening to it. Uh, we thank you for being here today, Bubba. We're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, and that is delicious food. Mm. And we are going to introduce our audience. Some of you already know this person; others may be, you know, meeting her for the very first time. It is is Brenda Gant. Uh, now, if you go to Facebook and you search "cooking with Brenda Gant," you will find this Facebook phenomenon uh, uh, of this wonderful woman. Who, who is making delicious foods for you to, to learn how to make on your own. And Brenda joins us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Brenda, welcome. Brenda. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. I wish you were here with me. Well, the way you cook, I wish we were as well. Yes, I know. That's the one drawback of the podcast. We can't sample what you're cooking. <laughs> now, well, it's, it's mighty good. This morning I fixed uh, tomato gravy, mm. chocolate gravy, um, fried apple pies and a big, big pan of biscuits and grit, cheese grits. We had a feast this morning. I see you hit all the major food. Oh, grits. Brenda! All right, so I want to I want to go back to what you said about the the chocolate sauce because, okay. believe it or not, my wife and I were both raised in Alabama. She was raised in Gunnersville, Alabama. I, I was I was raised in in part of my life uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and then most of it. I was in a place called Oxford, Alabama. Of course, you're you're an Alabama girl, so you know where all these places are. Uh, but but so we grew up, Bubba the same, in small town, deep south Alabama. But my wife, okay. my wife was the one who said that her mama made chocolate biscuits. And honestly, and it's no dig on my mama because she's chocolate biscuits or yeah, chocolate gravy. Well, chocolate gravies. They called it chocolate biscuits. So, oh, okay. So, because it was chocolate gravy over regular. So biscuit. her mama would make you know the the delicious you know southern cathead biscuit, oh, and right. then and then they would put a little pat of butter inside them, and they put that chocolate gravy uh, all over it. And I had never heard of that. Now my mama made chocolate gravy or chocolate sauce that we put on pound cake or or put on ice cream. Yes, she right. made she made her own, but we, I'd never put it on biscuits. And now my wife has made that for our family. A tradition we we only are allowed to eat them at Christmas because of the calorie count. Uh, but it's, a, it's high calorie, that's for sure. But I had never had that before. But you know, I got to tell you something. It, it's delicious. Uh, is this something that was common to you growing up? Okay, no, it was not. As a matter of fact, with all the viewers that I have, they kept writing in asking me if I would show how to make chocolate gravy that their mother and their grandmother made this, and they wanted some. So I told him, I said, look, y'all, I said, I have never heard of chocolate gravy. I've never eaten chocolate gravy. Y'all are going to have to teach me. So sure enough, uh, the lady came to our coddle house and she brought me some chocolate gravy and she brought me the recipe. So uh, I fixed it. And now I, I give my, my guests a choice of what kind of gravy they want. And they, a lot of times they'll choose the chocolate gravy. 
and it is really good. And the other day I fixed the ice cream, put it on top of that too. So mm. hey, it's multi-purpose. Brenda, check. I can tell you eat a lot like we do. Yeah, uh, Brenda, I, I've got to I've got to know this. You obviously you're a great cook, and we can get into some of those details. But the difference is you became an internet sensation. Now you're, you're 73 years old. Internet sensations and and 70 year olds usually don't go together. Right. Uh, how did all this get started? All right. Well, at our church, we've got uh, quite a few millennials. And somehow, with them growing up, they just never did learn how to cook from scratch or without a recipe. Right. So the guys and the gals, they would come up to me and want me to do a cooking show or, or something. They said they're starving. They need somebody to teach them to cook. So I told them I didn't have time. You know, I just don't have time, y'all. So then one day I was going to cook Sunday lunch. And I thought, well, hey, I'm going to have biscuits anyway. Wait, I might as well just video this thing. So I got out my biscuit bowl. I have a, a bowl that I keep a cloth over it with my sifter and my mm-hmm. little cutter and everything. Um, and so I, I got the phone and I held it in this hand. And I started making a biscuits with the other hand. And I showed them how to do it on my little personal Facebook page, which was like, you know, 500 people, something kind of like that. So I guess when I put it on there, they were so excited that they shared it. And then whoever they shared it with shared it. And within um, two weeks, it had hit a million views. <laughs> so uh, after that, uh, then they wrote in and said, how do you cut up a chicken, a whole chicken? How do you make fried pies? How do you make dumplings? So from there, it was born. And my son-in-law fixed me a, um, a, a, a separate little Facebook page. He said, well, I'm just going to fix you this and you can play with it and teach them how to cook on this. And from there, I mean, it's just gone wild. I I mean, everybody's wanting to know how to cook simple things like rice that is not sticky or how do you cook butter beans or cornbread, just the simple things. So that's how it started. Oh, Brenda, it, it breaks your heart. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you because let me tell you what's happened here just by listening, and it, and it doesn't surprise me at all. We've got a generation of people. You mentioned these millennials, and nobody's ever taught them how to cook. You know, I, I, we, you know we were talking about this. You know, the generation for my, my parents and you and, and Bubba's parents, when we were, grew up, and it might have been a southern thing, but I think it, even our country was this way, we ate a home-cooked meal two to three times a day, most mm-hmm. of the time three times a day, and you only went out to eat on a very special occasion. But now, right. but this generation of parents go out to eat three times a day and cook on special occasions. And- hey, and this is what happened. You're right. They, they do exactly that. And what happened was during COVID, they couldn't go out to eat. There you go. They were stuck there with all these children that couldn't go to school. <laughs> And everybody was saying, Mama, I'm hungry. So as a result, um, they were having to cook three meals a day. And, and they were about to panic. It's like, I don't know what to fix these people. So it is a bad situation. But but the you- good that's come out of it is now cooking with Brenda Gant. <laughs> I mean, there there's, there's husbands and there's wives, if the husbands will learn it. And there's children that are getting meals that they wouldn't have gotten if it had not been for Brenda Gant. So you, you, you're, you're, you're serving a purpose to a, an entire generation of parents. I'll tell you something else that uh, I've noticed on the comments 
is that um, the people in America, and there's some people in foreign countries that are watching too, um, are, um, I think I would say the word lonely or searching uh, for companionship because uh, the ones that are widowed, um, they're in the house, they can't get out, they're stuck. And so I'm kind of like entertainment for them. But I'm also um, giving some Bible scripture uh, with that and speaking the name of Jesus and I'm trying to speak truth into their life. And I think that it is um, building them up. They're seeing a, a side of me that I want them to see. And uh, so, you know, I always said uh, biscuits and Jesus are good for the soul, both of them. I so, agree. Yeah. I agree. So uh, has your family members, have they been shocked by the success of your show? I think we all are. I mean, you know, we all are shocked. I'm shocked. They're shocked. Even my little uh, smallest granddaughter, she said, I want my big mama back. <laughs> In other words, she, she, didn't, she didn't like me making these videos all the time. And so, so you know, we've worked through that now and everything's okay. But it was a shock. And it was a, still a shock to me. We're talking with Brenda Gant. Uh, if, you, if you're looking on Facebook, Cooking with, with Brenda Gant, and uh, we'll continue this conversation on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. So, so Brenda, let's talk about that. You, you, you started out. You, you run a, a bed and breakfast. Now, you, I know you've done other things, like you've uh, actually had an, uh, you know, an antique shop in, until your husband passed away, and right. and uh, and and Hickory Ridge Lodge. And so, so tell yeah. us, tell us about the bed and breakfast because one of the things I want to was was wondering when we were just discussing. So, your grand you know, baby was saying, I want big mama back because this was something you were just trying to do for your local church families. You were holding the phone in your hand. It turns into a million views. Now there's now people expect you to continue to show them how to cook various things. How are you making this all work schedule wise? Now, what, how have you settled in? Well, I've settled in that the children are now back in school. That's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) And so while they're in there, while the grandchildren are in school, I can do recipes and things for my audience and, and I take my time with it. And uh, I usually put on things that I'm going to cook anyway. Uh, just like one day I had some leftover ham and I decided I was going to make a ham pot pie. Well, that was a big success on my cooking show because ham pot pie is delicious. And I showed them how to make the dumplings that go in it and the crust and I took it out of the oven, and I could see their mouth watering even on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so, like mine is right now. Yeah, go yes, ahead. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there's nothing any better than a ham pot pie. But uh, So I'm taking things that are just around our kitchen, like chocolate gravy, for instance. All the people have those ingredients in their kitchen. And so that's easy to make, and uh, the, the biscuits – some of them, are, I've got lots of people that say they're 50 and 60 years old and they've never made a homemade biscuit because they could not do it. And they're making them. And uh, one of the funny stories is I had a um, lady that was in her kitchen trying to make biscuits and she was having a terrible time. She just couldn't get it going. And her husband came in there and he said, just go fry the bacon. I think I can do this. <laughs> so we've got men out there that are now making biscuits. And they're just so excited, and they're doing a great job of it. Hooray well, for men. You know, it's true because I think some of these things for generations, like you you said, we sat there, our mama or our grandmama, 
made the homemade biscuits. My mama, we had cornbread every single day, every uh-huh. single day. And so when, when Sherry and I, my wife and I got married, I was like, where is the cornbread? And, 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 and she was like, well, my mama only made biscuits. I've never made cornbread because they'd have biscuits for dinner or for breakfast or whatever. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I got to have cornbread. I mean, and, and so you, you realize here she was saying, well, I want to make the cornbread. I just don't know how. Of course, my mama, yeah. my mama's helped her and, and gave her her recipe and, and all of that. And we did a, a, a book one time called the, uh, you know, the big uh, giant uh, honking book of grub. And, and we put some of our, our wives and mother's recipes. But I think a lot of these things that you're helping, and it sounds like you're confirming, it's not that people don't want to do it. They're, they're intimidated because they don't know how. That, that, is, that is correct. And so many, I even asked one of my customers one day, I said, uh, tell me, why is it you, you feel like you cannot cook? Why is there a generation in there that feels like they can't cook? And she said that, um, that she was so busy yeah. being a teenager and everything during this time that she never really learned from her mother. And then when she married... Uh, they're out there working and you got, you know, kids going to ball and you got people doing this and doing that and they weren't home. And so it was so easy just to stop by and get something in a box or, uh, you know, something, some kind of chicken box. And so they said, we just never learned and their, their mothers never taught them. So that that's this generation. Yeah, and I think part of it is, and you hit on it, and Bub and I, you, we've talked about this, and I understand things in some ways are different when we were growing up. But my mother would actually—it's not that we didn't play ball; we played ball. But my mother, right. my mother would not sit in a lawn chair or in the bleachers and watch every single practice. I mean, she'd go to the game. Go game. She'd go to the game. Pick up and drop off for practice. But they yeah. would drop us at practice, go to the store, get what they needed for dinner, go home <laughs> and cook it, and then come back and get you after practice. But right. but but it seems now this generation of parents, this helicopter hovering. That's exactly <laughs> it. They think they have to be there. They got to watch everybody. And maybe because there are some terrible things that happen now that we didn't have to deal with, but I think you're going to be okay with your, with your baseball or, or football coach for you to go get something and fix dinner. I think it'll be all right for a practice. Well, I do too. I do too. I think you can fix dinner and you know what? Uh, it doesn't take that long. I'm showing them easy ways to peel. I'm told, telling them things like the most important thing in the kitchen is know how to use a good sharp knife. Yeah. You know, that's important. And uh, always and cut away from you. I learned that. Yeah, cut away. <laughs> and, you know, actually, the sharper the knife, the less chance you have of cutting yourself. That's right, because you, you don't have, struggle. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. If you have a dull knife, uh, you might think it's safer, but it's not, because you're chopping so hard trying to peel that you're liable to cut yourself. At least with a sharp knife, you're going to have a nice, clean cut. Yeah, cleaning deer, same way. Yeah. Uh, so, Brenda, let me ask you this. I, I don't want to get too much into your business end on this, but for people who are watching and listening to this, I know what's going through their mind, and that is how do you make money doing this? Okay, you're, you're doing it. People are wanting to see it. But what what does the business side of this look like? And we're I'm not talking about numbers in general, but how do you how do you monetize what you're doing? Well, I'm on Facebook, so uh, because of being on just Facebook, there is no monetary. 
on Facebook. You know, right. people who, who have a Facebook page, it's not like a YouTube page. Okay. So I don't get any money for this. Uh, and I and I started out and I'm still doing it as um, a labor of love, a labor of um, try. I really want to help people in America that I, that I really want to help. And uh, I want the old ways to uh, be familiar to the new the new ones. I had a group of their coach wanted them to learn how to make biscuits. So I don't know, there was like eight or 10 of these girls that came early in the morning and they gathered around my chopping block. I, I guess y'all can see, but I don't think you can see my chopping block. I, but anyway, and I taught them how to make biscuits. Well, see, that's going to carry on. Yeah. And then I had another group of mothers that their children's count got counseled. So they uh, brought the children here. You're talking about four and five-year-olds, and I taught them some things. So I think mothers are trying, and they see the need out there. Well, I, I think one of the reasons that they're trying, it, it goes beyond the good food. I mean, obviously, it can be economically uh, beneficial to, to prepare food versus always eating out because of expense. But I think there's something more right. to it. And what you're seeing, you're talking about doing this as a labor of love, and Bubba and I have talked about it on the show it sounds simple and quaint, but it's actually, I think, true. When when the family moved away from the table, sitting down Amen. at the table, catching up with what's going on with your kids, catching up what's going on with your spouse, everybody spending time around the table. When this became everybody grab and go, and then everybody spread out through the house and take your bag in front of your TV, and I'll take my bag in front of my computer, or I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. There's been an effect on the nuclear family that has been detrimental, and and I, and, and I think the returning to the table is bigger than just we're getting food that's prepared by hand that may also be less expensive and 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 better quality. It's it's bigger than that. I, I agree totally with that. Uh, you know, I don't know if y'all were raised this way, but uh, my children were when we sat down at the table at night to eat. Um, we took we, back then we had rotary phones, so we took the phone off the hook, so that nobody could call during our supper time. And also, when we finished eating, I wouldn't let the children get up, and I said, "We're gonna sit here and talk a while." And they said, "What are we gonna talk about?" I said, "Well, we'll think of something. <laughs> something will come up. You know, you're gonna sit here and talk." So, and then my daddy, when I was growing up, he worked the three to eleven shift, so he always made sure that he was up at breakfast. So that was our family time at breakfast. And we all sat around the little kitchen table and had our breakfast. So it is important, um, uh, you know, be it, it's a bonding thing. It's a time to bond and air out some things. So did, yeah, that, that's important time. I, and, and something about sitting over food and talking, and another thing that gets away from us, and I know we, we're guilty of this in our family, is, is eating in front of the TV. But really, when you cut that off and you just have time to talk, there's something great about that afternoon. I mean, the dinner meal. Yeah, it is. It is. So, it is. So, so let me ask you this. We'll come back. We're going to talk more. I want to ask you one question, then we want to get into some delicious food as well. Okay. But uh, it, we're talking to Brenda Gant. Cooking with Brenda Gant uh, on Facebook, if you'd like to watch her and – and you'd like to see what she does, and she also has a bed and breakfast you can find out about as well, and we'll continue our talk with her on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. 
All right, now, Bubba, I want to talk about ExpressVPN. Now, wh- why does everyone need a VPN? Uh, well, we, we know that because uh, every single website we visit, I mean, all the big names out there in the industry, they know what we're doing. Yeah. They, they, they monitor what we're doing. Uh, your ISPs can you know, then take that information and whether do they sell it to ad companies and you get hit with ads and the tech giants and, and then they use that data to target you. And sometimes that can be annoying. You're like, I don't like getting covered up with all this stuff. So that's the reason why you need to use ExpressVPN. It, it's, it's like um, if, if you don't use ExpressVPN, and, and I know, uh, you know we're, Brenda's with us, and, but still this is still funny. I mean, can you imagine going to the restroom and not closing the door? Oh, I mean, yeah. you, you, you wouldn't do that. So why, if, you ha- but yeah, if you have ExpressVPN, then it's going to create a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the Internet. So now your online activity, it really can't be seen by anyone. Uh, it's rated number one by CNET, Wired, and The Verge. It works on phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can also be protected. Uh, so, uh, maybe, you know, like for me, the phone, I, I don't like some of the stuff I'm getting on the phone. Express VPN has, has, has cut all that down and it can do that for you as well. If you'd like to secure your online activity, uh, just visit expressvpn.com slash Rick Bubba today. That's E X P R E S S VPN.com slash Rick Bubba. And that'll get you an extra three months for free expressvpn.com slash Rick Bubba. Talking with Brenda Gant, cooking with Brenda. She just decided to help out some of the ladies at her local church. Uh, before she knew it, her Facebook page and had uh, over a million views of her trying <laughs> to prepare biscuits while holding a phone in one hand and kneading the dough in the other. Uh, and now it's become uh, an ongoing uh, Facebook phenomenon. So she's I want- got a stand now to hold her phone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah, you do have a you got you got a fancy <laughs> setup now for for your phone. Uh, and she and also that was given to me anonymously. <laughs> that was given to me anonymously. I don't even know who sent it, but they sure are sweet to do so. Yeah, they, they got tired of watching you try to hold it in one hand and cook in the other. I guess so. I uh, guess so. She also runs the Coddle House Bed and Breakfast, and of course, she cooks for all the guests who come and stay. Uh, and uh, you know, I find myself writing that down. That might be a good idea for Sherry and I do a little getaway. Let Brenda cook for us a little bit and have a nice uh, time away at the bed and breakfast. Uh, in uh, beautiful Andalusia, Alabama. But let, let me ask you this: First of all, we talked about sitting around the table. Did yes. your did you do you forbid singing at the table? I mean, my, my mother would not allow singing at the table no, or, 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 or wearing a hat at the table. Were you, did you? Is this your rule as well? Well, we never had the singing at the table problem. But as growing up, we you could you had to have on a shirt and you couldn't have on a hat at the table. That's for surely. And, uh, you know, if you went out to eat, the first thing you did was take off your hat when you entered the restaurant or if a woman entered the room, you took off that hat. So, um, yes, that was kind of a rule at our house. You know, some of that's been lost, I think, as we've moved along. And I I don't know good or bad. I, I know one time my mom asked me to take my hat off at the table. My hair was a mess. And she said, put it back on. Right. If it was her call, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was funny watching my dad because, you know, we were all terrified of my dad. And he, he was a coach, so he wore a cap all the time. So, right. But when we would go to his mama's house, Mimo, the minute we sat down, she would look up. I'm talking about he's sitting there, you know, in his 40s. And, and boy, my grandmama would look at him and say, Billy, take your hat off. And buddy, he he would take it off in a second. 
And, of course, we laughed the fact that he was being called Billy uh, by his mama. Uh, but let's talk about some of your favorite things. Let, let's say, like, like right now, you mentioned the, the knife, and that's one thing. I'm out here. I want to I start cooking for myself. I need to be sure my kitchen's set up like it needs to be set up. What are the things that you would say, Brenda, every kitchen must have these things? You know, there's there's fancy things, but I'm talking then there's foundation. The basics. The basics. What what does every kitchen have to have? Uh, you need a black skillet. Uh, that would be for your cornbread, and you need another black skillet for your biscuits. Those are two black skillets. And then you need one that's kind of deep, and that's for your frying skillet. So if you had those three black skillets, you'd be doing good. You'd need a, a really sharp knife and a sharpener, like a stone you could sharpen it on, or a knife sharpener. Um, you would need a, a mixer, because a lot of your cakes and my cream potatoes and mm, cream sweet, potatoes. sweet potatoes, you, you uh -huh. really need a, it could be a little hand mixer. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but you do need a mixer. And so uh, those would be some of the things I think that you really would need, a rolling pin. Yeah, now look, don't assume, because you remember that some of these people never done this before, be, uh, be sure you tell them on these skillets how you do the maintenance on them. Because I can tell you I've seen many a rusted skillet. Rick, but, you're not talking about washing it, are because, you? Because, yes, because some of these young ladies <laughs> and men who are trying it, they don't know, so they go over to the di they go over to the sink after they've you know followed your instructions, and then you got a rusted skillet. So tell them how to maintain right, those skillets. Okay, I, I did do a video on that, so if they go to the cooking with Brenda okay, Gant, they will see that I actually went down to my barn and got the ugliest, <laughs> rustiest pot I could find, a black one. And I came in here and I scrubbed it and I showed them how to do that. And then I immediately dried it and put bacon in it and fried it. So mm -hmm. that's called seasoning your skillet. Oh, yes. And I pulled the bacon up on the side and uh, mm. that kind of thing and seasoned it. Now, after I get through... I do wash it with a uh, uh, quickly, real quickly with a little, you know, by dishwater. But the, the the key is to make sure that it's good and dry, because if it's not dry real good, it's going to rust. Some people dry theirs in the oven mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. But I use mine every day, so there's no chance of mine, you know, doing anything because I've always got them out using them. And another thing they need is a good flat spatula they need a spatula because when you're making gravy you've got to stir that bottom of that pan with that spatula mm -hmm. um, so a spoon a spoon will not work on that have you ever heard how bubba says that word that you just said no how does he say it spatula spatula, spatula. like rhymes with <laughs> bachelor that's, that's because his mama taught him to say that <laughs> i don't think she did i just don't think i ever could say it the other way i, I don't know what happened of course, uh, we have the Rick and Bubba spatula now. We yeah. need to send you one. Yeah. I, you'd love it. We're going to send you one. We, we we have one in our store, you know, because we, we we love to eat. And, uh, you know, we're, we're the kind of people that, that someone like you loves to see show up because we appreciate really, really good food. And right. um, but, but something, and I'm going to ask Bubba if he heard it. I will say this, though. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I've heard of chicken pot pie. I actually have never heard of ham pot pie. Oh, okay. Well, you make it just like chicken pot pie, except you put different ingredients. In a chicken <laughs> pot pie, you've got boiled eggs and English peas and then your ham and dumplings. And in a chicken pot pie, you usually don't put that. You don't. You put the English peas and carrots and eggs in that. So, so anyway, really, everything's a it's a little bit and different. They taste but, different. 
yeah, would you prefer, like, if I said, all right, Brenda, you can only have one, ham pot pie or chicken pot pie, which one would you pick? I'd pick the ham. Oh, wow. I feel like you know, I just don't. Something. I don't like the English peas. Well, I just never have been of, English uh, peas. Have you ever heard of ham dumplings? Ham dumplings instead of chicken and dumplings? No, no, I no I, Brenda, what's happened? Well, I, I guess, I guess my pork intake is you know, <laughs> not the, where it needs to the, be. I've had both these dishes, but I've <laughs> only had them with chicken. <laughs> well, what you do is like if you if you baked a big ham for uh, for uh, Sunday lunch, let's say, and y'all had ham and whatever you had with it well then the next day you take that bone that you've got your your ham bone and you boil it and so then you make your dumplings and you cut off some of the ham and put it to the side in cubes and you boil that ham bone and get all that good broth in there and you put your dumplings in that mm. and uh oh, i'm hungry then you can keep up the other ham and throw it back in for a little extra ham but um it's delicious. And then you give the ham bone to the dog. So nothing's wasted. <laughs> Everything's used. Oh, so, Brenda. So, I mean, Brenda, what, what about desserts? Uh, talk uh, to me about your favorite. If you, if you had to, to, to do the one uh, for a special day, what would it be? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a pie girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of good cakes out there and I make a chocolate tort cake that's real good. But uh, and I make one that's called the orange slice cake. I make that at Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's made out of that orange candy. Yeah, it's it's delicious. But uh, I prefer pies, so I like chocolate pie and I mm. like lemon ice box pie. Those are my two favorites. All right, let's talk chocolate pie for a Boy, minute. Chocolate let's, pie. let's let's land there for a minute. Mm. Now tell us what kind of chocolate pie you're gonna go with. We we got a meringue on it, or or how how do you make it happen? I've got two chocolate pies that I do, uh, but the one that I prefer, it has a meringue on it, on the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is a recipe that you're going to put your eggs and sugar and milk and vanilla and all that kind of stuff in there and a little bit of flour for thickening. And you're going to cook that and stir it on the stove, uh, you know, until it thickens up. And then you put it in a uh, already cooked pie shell. And it's only got egg yolks in it because you've saved out your whites to make your meringue not all. And you beat that with that mixer that I'm telling you, you need your kitchen. No, you got to have that. That's right. And put a little sugar in it and then you stick it back in the oven. And uh, that, and I also make a real good, it's called a coconut custard pie. Uh, and it's baked in the oven. Come you on. know, you know yeah, it's delicious. And there, have y'all ever eaten buttermilk pie? Oh, yes. No, I don't think That's I have. Good. Oh, yes, I have. I'd, well, I'd like to have a slice happen. of yours, though. <laughs> and, well, you sound like my kind of fellow. That, that sounds good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I love to eat, and I love to see my family eat. And as a matter of fact, I think that we need to remember to always have our children in the kitchen and letting them stir and do and learn how to use a knife. It's okay if they could get cut a little bit. It's going to happen sooner or later anyway. So I think it's important that we teach our children how to manage the kitchen and, and how to do in the kitchen. Right. Let them make the pie. Amen. You know, they can do it. Brenda, back back to the, the business side of this. Uh, have, have you had anybody like approach you that have seen all these views online and said, hey, we need to do a, a, an official cooking show with you on one of these cooking channels or networks? No, I haven't. Well, today that's not. that's going to change. So <laughs> that's going to change. 
You ever you ever sit, sit, thought about sitting down with Rick and Bubba Incorporated? <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with Brenda Gant, and we're going to continue uh, with her uh, when we come back on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, Car Shield. Now, we, we know this. Look, everybody, we, we love them warranties. Uh, you pick up a used car, you know, it might have a little bit of warranty on it. It might not. But the bottom line is, if you're driving an automobile that is no longer no longer under any kind of warranty, guess what's going to happen, Bubba? Yeah, yeah, I know what's going to happen. It's on you. Yep. And, and all these computer systems and cars right now—that's the new normal. Uh, we've got, I mean, we got transmissions, you know, they're electronically controlled, touchscreen displays, dozens of sensors. Uh, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. You can be the best at cars all you want to. I promise you, you don't know how to fix this kind of stuff. So when something breaks down, boy, it could cost you a fortune, and we've all been there on that expensive repair. You look and you go, something's going on with all this newfangled stuff with my automobile. What is? I don't even know what that symbol even means. <laughs> yeah. What does that symbol what mean? What does that light What does it even mean? And so if you're under the car shield, though, and you've got a protection plan, well, it's not a biggie because your affordable protection plan from car shield will save you thousands on a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. And, you know, Bubba, they start as low as $99 a month. There's no long-term contracts or commitments. And, boy, I'm going to tell you, you know what else you get if you're under the car shield? Uh, they will deal directly with the, the ASC-certified mechanic of your choice. That could be the dealership or just the mechanic. They'll deal, deal directly with them. They'll give you complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and, Bubba, a rental car to use while yours is being fixed, and there's no charge for that either. So they've helped over 1 million customers. They might as well help you drive with confidence knowing you've got coverage from America's number one auto protection company for as low as $99 a month. So just go to carshield.com and put our code in, Rick Bubba, Rick Bubba, put that code in, you're going to save 10%. Carshield.com, then you put in Rick Bubba, a deductible may apply. Talking to Brenda Gant, uh, and you may know her, or may not for cooking with Brenda Gant, but you're going to. So, Brenda, here's the question if we're going to talk to okay. you, and, and I agree with Bubba. I mean, you're getting millions of views now. And in this world, you know what? I hate, Brenda, I hate to tell you this. You know what you're becoming, don't you? An influencer. I don't know. I don't know, y'all. Don't tell me. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're becoming an influencer. And in our now the influencers, I mean, there's people. I mean, I you know, somebody could – could walk up to you and say, I tell you what, next time you make that cornbread, why don't you use this cornmeal and, uh, and that kind of stuff. But I know you probably have your favorites, but let's say that Bubba and I, we roll up to the bed and breakfast or wherever you're going to prepare food for us. And we're, we're there for the very first time. Okay. And, and, and we're saying, Brenda, you decide what we eat today. We want the, we want the, the one, a number one Brenda Gantt meal. What are you going to put on the table for two big boys from Alabama? Well, now, you know I only fix breakfast. Did you know that? No. Okay, well, that's yeah, it. That's important. Let's start with that's that. That's okay. All right, so that, we're sitting down for breakfast. Okay. Well, one of the things I'm going to fix you is some good hot biscuits. Yes, you are. And what I do is I'm going to serve them to you almost immediately after I take them out of the oven, and I'm going to put a cloth over it so that they hold in their heat because nobody wants a cold biscuit. No. Big old cat head biscuit. So I'm going to serve you that, and then I'm going to let you choose your gravy. Now, you can do chocolate gravy, sawmill gravy, milk mm. gravy, tomato gravy, You're going to, or red-eyed gravy. A lot of people like red-eyed gravy. I was about gravy. to say, don't leave red-eyed gravy out. If you, I mean, you got a pretty good red-eyed gravy? Yes, I make red-eyed gravy. Okay. I make red-eyed gravy, so I will have you something to go on your biscuit. 
and then I'm going to have you some creamy grits. Now, you know, on that grits bag, it'll say quick grits or five-minute grits. Listen, y'all, if you cook it five minutes, they're going to be gritty. Mm-hmm. You've got to put those things on when you first get up, and you've got to cook them a long time. And I add uh, whole milk in mine, and mm-hmm. I put um, cream cheese in mine and a lot of butter. And so they're real creamy. They're really good. And I'm going to fix you some eggs. Now, you have it over light. You have it runny or hard or however you want it. Or I can fix some things to go in it, in your egg, like saute some mushrooms and peppers and things like that to throw on top with some cheese or make you an omelet. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, and then don't leave out the fried pie. Please I don't. Mean, <laughs> I have the fried pies for breakfast. I'm, th- today, they had an apple pie. Mm-hmm. But I also make blueberry pies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fried pies out of blueberries. And you know, our parents used to make them out of um, dried fruit. Have you ever eaten a dried peach pie or a dried apple pie? I've had a peach fried pie, but it was not dried peach. No, not that I know okay. of. Well, in the olden days, they they would lay out a sheet in the yard in the sun, and they would put all their peaches on there. They would cut them up real thin or put their apples on it. And then they would cover that whole thing up with a screen wire. And the sun actually dried those. And when they dried two or three days, they would uh, put them in a pillow, pillowcase and put them in a closet. And that's what they ate during the wintertime. I've never heard of that. So, I did not know that. Yes, that's how you get your dried, your dried fruit. You could do pears or whatever. But they put the screen over it to keep the flies off of it wow. while it's out there in the yard drying. Yeah, so, so and then you make your fried pot. So now, what what fr- fried pie? Now, when I you know I'm I'm kind of a classic guy. I mean, I don't walk away from the apple. You know, it's it's great, and I do like I do like a peach. But I've not, I don't think I've ever had the blueberry fried pie. Is the actual crust have blueberries in it, or am I biting into blueberries on the inside? You're biting into blueberries on the inside. Mm. Uh, I have a cousin down the road who's got about twelve blueberry bushes, and he lets me come each year and pick his blueberries after he gets through. So he gets like 125 gallons off those few little things. And so then I go pick them. And so when I get ready to make my pies, I take those blueberries and cook them down a little bit. Then I add my sugar in it. And that is what I put inside that pie. And I make my crust, my dough, and I roll it out with a rolling pin and you put that blueberry in there. Mm. And then, you know, uh, I put water around the edges and take a fork and press down the edges. And then I deep fat fry that whole thing. And so that's the fried pie. And then you put some powdered sugar on top. Wow. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, it is. I love them. I, I do. Now, my grandchildren might need to have an them. insulin shot standing yeah, by. Yeah, that's all right. Mean, other than that. It don't matter, does it, Brenda? <laughs> no, well, you, once in a while, you know, Here's the thing. When we think back about our grandparents, they ate fat back. They ate streak of lean. They ate lard. They ate big biscuits every morning. They ate three meals a day, and yet they didn't have a weight problem, and they lived forever. So I think the key is you need to stay busy and stay up and stay working and stay moving, and you're going to burn off all that. That's what I think because I eat fat back. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, Bubba, you've talked about this before. When we were living the agricultural rural life, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't remember our grandparents having any issue with their weight, and they ate everything you just described. Oh, eat 3,000 yeah. calories a day, smoke camel cigarettes, live to 90-something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I told ne- never touch sunscreen. I told him, I said, Daddy, those cigarettes are going to kill you if you don't quit smoking them. But he didn't, you know, he smoked them till he passed on and he lived a long life. So, I mean, you know, we, we don't, we don't uh, think about stuff like that, but they were healthy back then. I, I get strong as a horse. Stronger. It had to be. It had to be. They are, I think our problem is we sit around too much. It's not that I think that that plays a bigger role than what we eat. And of course we've gone to a lot of, a lot of people start eating a lot of processed foods, and I think that's, that's been a, that's been a mistake that's too. True. That's true too. But you know, there's been some people on my Facebook. They'll say, "You just have so much energy. How do you get all that energy?" Well, you know, the uh, science says that uh, an object in motion stays in motion. So if you if you start moving and you keep moving, you're going to be able to keep, keep continue to move. But when you sit down, then it all falls apart and you get stiff and you can't do anything. So I say, keep moving. That's yeah. I yeah. I, I think too, a lot of times people get in trouble because they got too much time on their hand. The Bible talks about that too. <laughs> what an idle mind's a playground for the devil. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Devil's workshop. Yeah, devil's workshop. <laughs> uh, well, you, we're, we're hungry now, Brenda. I yeah, mean, I'm it's, very hungry. It, and it, it, it's very sadly. It, we're taping this right before lunch. I'm about to chew the microphone off right now. <laughs> Well, you know, we we'll have to come up with some plan. Either we got to come to you, or you come to us and and make us a, a delicious breakfast, or or you know, bring us one of your your favorite meals and and bring that it. Sounds great. I'd love to. Yeah, and and, and so uh, we so how can somebody see you and, and be part of what you're doing? I guess it, you, do you have like a, a standard time, or you just record them and people watch them when they want to? I record them and people watch them when they want to. Uh, I've got some people that are watching my fried chicken livers, uh, you know, mm. and I did that a long time ago. But, um, well, I say a long time ago, I hadn't even been on Facebook since the last of April, April the 22nd, actually. Really? So, um, so, so you hadn't recorded anything new since then? Oh, yes. I'm just saying that some of them are just now finding me. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Bubba, you, oh, I love fried chicken. Well, you just, you just, you just, you now you're talking Bubba's language, yeah. fried chicken livers. Bubba, do you like gizzards too? Not as much as livers. Uh, <laughs> and I got that from my granddad. He used to fry those all the time and uh, that and mashed potatoes. Mm. You know, my, that, that's good. My son told me one time, he said, well, if I ever had to pick a last minute meal, the last one I was ever going to have, I'd want you to fry me some liver with onions all on the top and cream potatoes and biscuits. That's what I want. I said, okay. Do, do so, you, anyway. you, you use the same breading when you're doing uh, livers as your chicken, or do you mix it up on the on when you're going to fry different types of meat? I use the same. I use flour. Is that what, That's what I use. But I always put buttermilk on my meat. Mm-hmm. Um, make it stick before I fry it, that's right it makes it if you use whole buttermilk then um your flour or your cornmeal or whatever you're going to put on that it sticks to it and so um when you put it in your grease you don't it, it really does well it browns up good it does a good job and you know uh one of the uh, videos that's done extremely well has been um the fried green tomato video yeah uh you know for years we've been frying our tomatoes our fried green tomatoes in circles 
Well, y'all know as well as I do, when you start in your skillet and you start frying them, by the time you get four or five done and sit it to the side and put four or five more circles in there, the first ones you fixed are already soggy. Yep. And so I cut mine in cubes like potato salad. And then I also cut yellow squash and zucchini squash and eggplant in those cubes. And when you put your little buttermilk and your salt and pepper on it and you deep fat fry it, mm. you've got crust all the way around each piece and they don't get soggy and they don't get greasy because you're frying them quicker in, I, in your deep fat. I see what you're talking about. I, the, so uh, it works really, really good. Super good. I'm going to run over some I mean, lunch. Well, Brenda, we're, we've got to end our, our – and I, and I think we could even do more time. It's just Bubba and I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we, we have to go eat, and I, and I mean, like, as soon as we say goodbye. So, Brenda, thank you. So nice of you to be with us. And if you go to Facebook and you search Cooking with Brenda Gant, G-A-N-T-T, uh, you'll be able to uh, find her videos, and I think you and your family will benefit. And I'll tell you one thing, you'll have great fruit, food, but you'll also meet a great lady. Brenda, thanks for taking time to be with us. Thank you. I loved every minute of it. Thank you so much. I hope we I can eat together soon. Yep, let's let's break bread <laughs> soon. And, of course, I do mean cornbread or biscuits. All right. So, uh, exactly. Brenda, thanks for being with us, and thanks to all of you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.